gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast. I am your host G2. This is episode 161. And I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today? How are you doing on this uh, Sunday morning, evening, afternoon, or whenever you're listening to this episode? How are you doing? I hope everybody's doing fine. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everyone is uh, taking care of themselves. If you're in the Northeast, still dealing with the chills, still dealing with the cold. I hope you're uh, able to find some warmth. Down here in the south, uh, people have been getting warmer over in this way. Uh, it's been moving away from being cold. It's now starting to hit to the warm weather. Hopefully, we don't get too much warm because I'm not trying to get to the spring, summertime yet because the humidity always hits us and it sucks. So hopefully, it doesn't stay too warm. Hopefully, it gets a little bit back to being breezy before it gets to springtime over here. But that's me, everybody else around the rest of America, whether you're in the uh, Midwest or in the West. I hope you guys are doing well over there. And also people around the world is listening. I hope you guys are doing well over in your environment, your weather, your people dynamics, anything that's going down in your neck of the woods. I hope everybody's doing well today and hope everybody does well the rest of this week. Now, having said that, let's get on to the National Food Days of the Week. Today being January the 28th, this National Blueberry Pancake Day. January the 29th, it'll be National Corn Chip Day. January the 30th, it'll be National Croissant Day. And to round us off for the January, it'll be January 31st, National Hot Chocolate Day. February 1st, it'll be National Baked Alaska Day. February the 2nd, it'll be Bubblegum Day as well as Heavenly Hash Day. And to round us off, February the 3rd, it'll be Ice Cream for Breakfast Day, which is the first Saturday of February. And also National Carrot Cake Day. So that's the food that you should be preparing yourself for um, this week. So that's your National Food Days of the week. Now, moving off of the National Food Days, let's get on to the first thing. And it's something real quick. Um, There's an article around and it's talking about the worst bedbug cities in the nation of the United States in 2024 so far. Right now, the top 10 are Chicago, New York, Pennsylvania, Cleveland, Los Angeles, Detroit, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, Charlotte, and I believe this one is Champaign, Illinois. So that's the top 10 places that have the worst bedbugs uh, cities in the United States. So if you're living in those areas, check your bed, check around your homes to see if you have bedbugs, and please try to get those things exterminated. I know what last year, I'll say middle of 2023 to late 2023, there was some bedbug crisis over in France. I'm not certain if they got rid of that or they just downplayed it, but I know that was a big problem over there in France that had bed bugs. And now seeing that it's coming over to America here, that's bringing about this article of having uh, bed bugs, just try to take care of it the best way that you can and uh, eliminate the problem before it gets any worse in those cities. That's what I'm just trying to deliver to you guys here. Now, onto the first topic that I do want to talk about. It comes from NBC News. As the title would read, Man died after stolen plane crashes along Texas-Oklahoma border. In the article, it would state that the Texas Department of Public Safety said the plane, a 
Chestnut 172 was stolen from the flight school at Addison Airport, about 15 miles north of downtown Dallas. The pilot identified as Logan Timothy James, then flew the plane more than 80 miles northeast towards Paris, Texas, before it crashed near the state border. NBC Dallas Fort Worth would report Addison Airport told the station the plane departed the airport at 6.53 p.m. Wednesday. It went down at around 8.26 p.m. local time in an open field nine miles northeast of Telephone, Texas. James was the only person on board. It is not immediately clear whether the pilot radioed for help or declared an emergency before he crashed. An air traffic control recording earlier in the flight captured an exchange about his plans. About right now, you'll probably realize that I'm not going to listen to y'all. Instructions, and I'm just heading to East Texas, he said, according to ATC. So they're talking about James here. Recordings obtained by NBC News. I'm going to pull the COM1 circuit breaker and the COM2 circuit breaker right here soon, as soon as I unkey the mic. The National Teleportation Safety Board, with assistance from the Federal Aviation Administration, is leading the investigation. Okay, so... My understanding is this guy, he stole a plane, he went up in the air, he tried to do his own thing, and he ended up paying for it with his life. Um, I don't know what to say for this. I would say play dumb games, win stupid prizes, but I don't think nobody would ever want someone to die because of this action, but you gotta remember something here. You're stealing a plane. Now, I'm not certain that this guy was a pilot or how long he's, like been a pilot that's one thing i do like i would like to know uh and also for him to say that he's not going to listen to their instructions that's kind of being a dummy at heart because you're messing with equipment that i'm not certain if you know what to, to do with it because this guy comes from north carolina and i know planes should all be the same but certain planes are designed differently so i'm not certain if he's like manned this type of plane before but Either way, he should have listened to these people's um, instructions. But, yeah, I just want to say, do not steal a plane. Don't steal a plane. Don't do none of that. Just be with someone. If you are got to be somewhere in a hurry, see if you can try to get someone to be on the plane with you to probably, like, be your, what, your co-pilot, your co-captain. If you're going to at least hijack something, at least somebody that has some knowledge to what you're doing or what you're going to do like stealing a plane have someone that knows what they're doing so you guys won't uh end up in a situation like this as i said this is a investigation that's just happened this happened what wednesday so this investigation is still going on i don't know if they have any more information as of right now at the time of this recording i don't see no more information to come out but hopefully they will and if they do more than likely the midweek episode wednesday i'll probably bring out more information or sunday i'll talk about it uh so uh rest in peace to this man that stole a plane but win stupid prizes for playing a dumb game here one of the biggest names in professional wrestling facing stunning new accusations including sex trafficking over several years a former employee accusing wwe founder and former ceo vince mcmahon of physical and emotional abuse sexual assault and trafficking at wwe in the lawsuit, Janelle Grant, who worked there up until March 2022, says McMahon texted her, quote, I'm the only one who owns you and controls who I want to expletive you. 
Grant's claims include sexual acts involving defecation, restraint, and aggressive use of sex toys, and that McMahon forced her to have sex with him and other men at the WWE headquarters in return for job security. The new lawsuit seeks to annul a non-disclosure agreement from 2022 settled between Grant and McMahon, where she would receive $3 million. Grant says she stopped receiving payments after an initial $1 million payout. If, as alleged, McMahon stopped making those payments, she might have a breach of contract claim. But that's not what she's really alleging in the complaint. She's alleging violations of federal human trafficking law. In a statement, Vince McMahon's spokesperson says this lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene, made-up instances that never occurred, and a vindictive distortion of the truth. He will vigorously defend himself. Now, as you just heard, that was a report from NBC News. And the first time I heard about this uh, lawsuit coming to fruition was from the Washington Journal. Well, Wall Street, sorry, not Washington Journal. Uh, Wall Street had this up, and then Twitter got... A hold of it than the wrestling community and Twitter got a hold of it and I'm gonna speak as a fan before I speak professional about this so let me state this right now what you're about to hear from me is not going to be real professional or PG I read the text messages that were placed in this lawsuit from Janelle Grant that she got from Vince McMahon during their time of being together and by the way it stated from she started in WWE from 2019 through 2022. So that's about a good, what, three years? At least that relationship between her and Vince were around. Um, I read the text messages. People on Twitter were quick to post up the text messages that Vince gave to this woman here. And I will say this to you right now. Vince is fucking sick. And again, I told you this was not going to be professional nor PG, what I'm about to say first. And I do have to say that Vince is fucking sick. Vince is a man that has his own type of kinks. If you didn't read the text messages, I would advise you not to just take the words of people that did read this uh, text messages that were put into the court documents. I will say this right now. I read them and I was like, yo, Vince is a wild kinky boy. This guy is ridiculous at his old age. Even at the time of 2019, my man was still old. You mean to tell me you were into all that with this woman and you added the participation of other individuals in your staff? He even name drops Johnny, a.k.a. John Laurinaitis, a guy that's involved in the lawsuit as well. They were into doing things to Janelle Grant and, uh, dog. Vince McMahon has been a mad, sick person. I mean, the character of Vince McMahon, he's a sick weirdo, all that type of stuff. And it makes more sense now because every wrestler that has come out of the WWE after having some business dealings with Vince, they will always say after the presentation of Mr. McMahon that came around, I'll say, what, late 1998 after the whole, well, no. In 98, that's when Vince McMahon, the character, actually was fluition. But once the actual character of screwing over Stone Cold, saying no chance in hell, and all this type of stuff, people would say, oh no, Vince is being himself. The Vince McMahon character that you see on television is the Vince McMahon backstage. He just turns it up probably to a couple notches, but no, that's him. But 
Vince McMahon on television was a wild boy. This man was sick. If you remember the Attitude Era, my man had a whole thing where he had wrestlers kiss his ass legitimately. And that was sick. I don't think... I don't understand how you come up with that type of juice or anything to have willing participants say, Ayo, hey, drop on your knees and kiss my tookus in front of the whole entire world. And to the people that did that, yo, dog, more power to you. That's what you wanted to do. That's what you agreed to. I don't have the summit to do that, but hey, it is what it is. But getting to the lawsuit here, uh, the main source of this is that Vince McMahon, he was supposed to give this woman $3 million once she left the company. Once she signed the NDA, that was a part of his thing that he was supposed to give her. Now, self-explained, he only gave her $1 million. He didn't give her the other two. So Vince could have gave her the $2 million because there's no way that he didn't have it. There's no way that he didn't use company funds to pay her. I mean, the last time Vince McMahon got ousted from the WWE in 2022, they kind of said that my man was using company money already. So he could have just paid out the whole three million right then and there to make sure that she stayed away and none of this would have came about. But since he didn't, now we're having to read and hear about all the horrible things that he did to this woman, basically having her be his sex slave in a in a less way to say it. That's just what it is. Matter of fact, in the best way to say it, because anybody else could probably use better words to say it, but Vince McMahon is yeah, it wasn't a good week to be a wrestling fan once you saw this uh come out to the public it wasn't a good week at all um and dude i'm gonna just straight up just say this with the news of what went down this week for wwe it should have been a great week for them wwe they signed a big deal with netflix where netflix for the next 10 years they get their wwe's flagship show monday night raw and they get it for five billion dollars that's 500 million dollars a year and they get a live show on their streaming platform 52 times a year. Raw is a every week show. So they're getting that live every week. So they know they're going to get access to fans constantly checking in on Netflix every Monday night or whenever they place it on Netflix. Guaranteed at a, a, at a late night time, they're guaranteed that off top. So Raw is going to be a top joint Thing for Netflix going forward. And by the way, for anybody that has Netflix, just know your uh, subscriptions are going to go up now, especially because now that WWE got $5 billion from them. You know that's coming. The inflation of the price for Netflix is going to go up. And also, with the adding of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he's a part of WWE's parent company, TKO's uh, board. He's a part of their new presentation to the world. This should have been a good in a great week for WWE and TKO as a whole. But now with Vince doing this, it kind of took away some of the sponsorships that WWE already had. Uh, Slim Jim, they put out a statement. They said that they're going to have to put their partnership on hold with the WWE because they have integrity and all that type of stuff. So they have to put their partnership on hold with the WWE right now. Uh, Vince McMahon, he would resigned from TKO. He has no more dealings with TKO, no more dealings with WWE. I'm not certain if he still has stocks in it. Don't quote me on that. But doing business as being in a business position role, he's not in TKO. He's not in WWE. So my man's on his own ship. He's on his own island. So Vince is by himself right now. And 
all this is because of Vince not wanting to pay the other $2 million that he was supposed to pay to this woman to keep her silent. Oh, yeah, and by the way, um, I didn't read the whole court 67 pages that the woman, uh, that her lawyer sent out in the court and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Twitter uh, information, a Twitter page would, and they would put out items that the victim did receive from Vince McMahon from her time of being with him from 2019, basically to 2021. I'm going to just read you off some of the stuff. In 2019, Vince gave her alternative clinic, medical care, and medical and cosmetic services, aka plastic surgery, um, clubhouse access, tickets to the Belmont Stakes, WrestleMania private full-day transportation and premium tickets, a $2,000 gift card from Nordstrom, and a massive box of Godiva in 2020. He gave her $20,000 towards surgery, paid directly to a surgeon's office, pearl slash diamond lariat necklace from Better Ridge in Greenwich, Connecticut, a blue cashmere knee-length cardigan from Nordstrom, a blueberry check cashmere scarf from Nordstrom, a blue cashmere and fur hat from Nordstrom, a gray cashmere skull from Nordstrom, uh, Celine sunglasses again from Nordstrom, cable knit throw blanket, large bouquet of flowers delivered approximately every other week in 2021. He gave her a 2022 BMW 4.3, I believe it's a 0X1 or XI, a $5,000 gift card to Land Pier Spa, two private chef catered dinners in McMahon's condo, gold and diamond uh, paved paper clip necklace from Betteridge and Greenwich, $15,000 Bloomingdale's gift cards, uh, food assortment display and antique tea ceremony set from Saudi Arabia, large bouquet of flowers delivered approximately every other week. And I'm pretty sure he probably gave her more stuff than just that in those years as well. And also, the reason why this affair between the two did end was because Vince McMahon's wife, Linda, did find out. And that's the reason why this whole affair had to end and she had to leave the company, sign an NDA. You get the drift. That's the only reason why this stuff kind of ends. But yeah, Vince was a wild boy and all this stuff is coming out because he did not pay the last of the three million. He only had to pay her two more million and he just would have been safe in the clear. And guess what? You would have been fine, Vince, but no, you didn't pay her that. And by the way, you have that. The company has that. I don't understand how you didn't pay her. And first and foremost, that's just the business side of it if you want to keep everything on the hush. But for you to have that type of kink, I would think that rich people should be able to go to those type of parties, get their fetishes off and all that stuff off, and you'll be done. You don't mess around with an employee at your job. I always say don't crap where you eat, but especially if you're the boss. You're the top dollar. You're the Don Dollar. You don't crap where you eat, brother. You know this. You should at least. But that's where, that's what you did. And now it come to bite you in the ass. And now you lost essentially everything because you didn't want to fork up the $2 million. So now it's going to go probably to court. And if this goes to court with civil court, guess what? She's probably going to get more than $2 million, especially if the jury is going to read that whole 67 court uh, pages and read those text messages, which I'm pretty sure they're going to be introduced 
you're going to have to pay more than just $2 million that you were originally supposed to give her, my guy. So that's me just being a fan. Vince, you're screwed, man. You're screwed, brother. You already see that you're screwed right now. But um, it is what it is. I don't know how... I'm going to say this. I'm recording this before the Royal Rumble comes on. So you're going to hear me talk about the Royal Rumble in my next episode. It's probably out right now. But I'll probably talk about how the crowd reacted at the Royal Rumble to see where people's heads were at, were they still cheering for everybody there, or were they booing, what type of aura it was throughout the crowd, because people will be tweeting about it, how people feel, but I don't think this will affect the WWE as much going into the future, because they're getting Vince out the way, and I think the WWE will be continuing on as business as per usual, because the fans have always been catering and saying hey yo get Vince out of here especially whenever this thing first came about to everybody's ear in 2022 we were all pushing for Vince to get the hell out of WWE and once we got that for at least that brief period of time those couple months we were all happy and satisfied until he came back in 2023 and everybody in the fandom said why is he back but hey man now that he is officially gone now Hopefully, the WWE can move away from Vince and they can go about their business. And anybody that knew about this in the WWE structure, I hope TKO does a big wipeout of it. I hope anybody that knew about it, whether you're up there in the top brass in the office position, or if you are a professional wrestler that engaged in those activities with Vince McMahon, with this woman, you got to go, bro. You got to go. There's no way we can get around this. You got to go, man. It is what it is. It was nasty behavior. Now, as I said, that was me speaking as a fan, as a professional. Vince should not have done this. He should never have crab or he eat. He should have just stick to his wife or just go to a sex club. That's all he should have did. But as I said, he crab where he ate and now he's uh, facing the consequences for this. So again, I'll have to wait and see what happens at the Royal Rumble. And as I said, the episode should be up right now. So you're probably going to hear from me again to see how the aura was there. Now, with that, I'm getting off this topic, and see you later, Vince. Now, moving on to the next topic that I do want to talk about, I want to talk about the first United States nitrogen gas execution that happened this past week over in Alabama. Um, it was stated from NBC News, the execution lasted roughly 30 minutes from the time it started to Kenneth Smith's time of death. The Attorney General for Alabama um, what's my man's name? Steve Marshall on Friday vowed to continue using nitrogen gas in executions and offered to assist other states interested in the novel method. Now, there were some concerns because people were saying that were there that uh, this didn't look as plain and simple as the attorney general was saying. They said that the man was uh, moving around on the gurney. Uh, matter of fact, right here, media witnesses to Thursday's execution said Smith was conscious for several minutes into the execution, then appeared to shake and thrive on the gurney for two minutes. They said that was followed by several minutes of deep breaths until his breathing slowed and it was no longer perceptible. So they are basically saying that my man kind of had some pain. He went through a lot of pain before he actually went out like a light. Now, this is creating some confliction between uh, people in the media and people just out here in the world with this train of thought or with this execution tactic because I had to look at what nitrogen gas was, ladies and gentlemen. I had to look it up because me, I didn't do too particularly too well in science. I was not the greatest in that uh, field. 
And I looked up, is nitrogen gas harmful to humans? It was state exposure to nitrogen is dangerous because it replaced, well, it can replace oxygen and lead to suffocation. So that's what we had here with this gentleman going out for the execution. Now, I'm not one to really ever deal with this type of stuff. Executions is one thing that I don't like to deal with. I'd rather say just kill somebody whenever they do something wrong. I don't care how you do it, but just hearing the details of someone thriving on a gurney, something like that, I don't want to hear none of the details, but since we have, well, since we now know what happened, at least from media accounts, I want to know if this nitrogen gas execution is going to actually be a part of the um, curriculum now in the U.S. execution books. I understand that they might try to do this in other states just because Alabama did it. I wouldn't suggest it. I think this should have been a one-and-done situation until they figure something out. I understand that they couldn't uh, do the lethal injection to this guy because they failed at it in 2022. They couldn't find a vein for him, so that's the reason why they had to figure out a different way to go about executing this guy. And by the way, the reason why this man, Kenneth Smith, was put to death was because he was a murderer for hire. He murdered a woman in 1988. So that's the reason why he ended up, well, dying. And at first, by the way, the jury for his uh, court case, they just wanted him life in prison. But the judge decided to say, nope, we're going to execute him. So the judge put him on death row. So that's what happened to Kenneth Smith here. But long story less long here. The nitrogen gas execution, I'm not certain how that's going to work for other states. Again, I think that's a one done process until we figure out a different way to put somebody away because people want to see someone go out painless now if you had nobody witnessing this or anything of that nature i think people would not care about the nitrogen gas being used or any other other horrible uh methods that they used to do like the electric chair the hanging all this type of stuff i don't think people would care so much only reason why people do care in my personal opinion I think people care because they have to see it. And if the media sees it, the media has a report on it and they will report exactly what they saw. So if they see someone struggling and all that stuff, the way that I just talked about how this guy was moving around on the gurney, it only takes one person to really give you a vivid portrayal of what it looked like seeing someone fighting for their life as they're being put to death for someone to say, I don't think that's the right uh, way to go. I don't think that's the right method to go. I think we need to change accents here. That's the reason why I think the uh, electric chair got put away, the hanging got put away, um, and some other execution methods got put away because media, somebody in the media was able to give you a vivid portrayal of what happened, and there you go. It made people decide to say, no, we're going to throw this one out. So just because the nitrogen gas execution worked here, I don't think it's going to go any farther than that. I think that some states might want to try to pick it up. But for my best money, I will say just leave this one alone. Let this one die down. Just continue going with the lethal injection one. At least with lethal injection, everybody knows what's going to happen. You're going to die by something and put into your veins. And they say you usually go out peacefully. I'm not certain how much that goes, but I would just say stick with the lethal injection. And if you can't, let them just die in jail. Let them stay in jail for the rest of their life and just let them die there. That's me personally. But see, hearing someone uh, suffocate in front of your face, that's uh, that's heavy on the conscience. So anybody that saw that, I wish you uh, the best of luck 
and hopefully you don't have uh, nightmares going forward. Now, moving off of that, on to the next topic here that I do want to talk about, as it's come from ABC7, and it talks about an Iowa school to have armed staff members, including teachers. The article would state the topic of arming teachers in schools come up periodically after schooling takes place. One school in Iowa is turning that talk into action in arming staff members. Siouxland Christian School Superintendent Lindsay Lorick said about 18 months ago, we just started looking at options. And obviously, to take the step to have armed staff in our school is a big one, and it requires a lot of conversation with a lot of our stakeholders. My ultimate responsibility here is to protect this building to make sure that everybody who comes in is safe here. And I simply couldn't live with myself if I knew there were options. There were things that were available to us, and we didn't take use of them. We think about continuous improvements in terms of learning, in terms of you know curriculum, in terms of our staff safety into that bucket. The administration at Siouxland Christian Schools said they did not take this step lightly. A lot of research, a lot of conversation, and a lot of praying went into whether this decision was right for them. They would say, or rather Lindsay would say, in a worst case scenario, the action that requires is going to be incredibly challenging, but it has to be done to protect all the other students and staff in the building. Now, they do say this, while the school won't state how many staff are armed on campus or who they are, she said those individuals are prepared to step in should a life-threatening incident occur on the school grounds. It's something we hope we never have to utilize that is just quietly in the background here at our school. It is it is there in the worst of the worst possible scenarios. But if that ever does happen, then we're ready to respond and we can do so in seconds. So this is showing you right here. This private school um, is strapped up. So please do not try to go in there because you might get shot. Let me just make that perfectly clear. But secondly, I do wonder here, would this be in a private school? And I understand what a private school is. People have to actually pay to get their kids into this and probably pay by term or by semester, all that type of stuff. So you're paying for your kids' safety. I'm not mad at that. I do want to know one thing, though. I think the parents should know who is kind of strapped or how many teachers are strapped up or Something along those cases, the parents should never ever tell the kids how many teachers are uh, strapped up or have guns on them or who they are, because some of your kids might be the school shooters that are in training. Just want to make that perfectly clear. That's the reason why I said none of the parents uh, should tell their kids that. But I think the parents should know because you want to keep your kid safe at all times. So that gives you at least some uh, safety or at least put your mind at safety. That's one thing right there. So I'm not mad at the school having this, but I do want to ask one question, though. We know kids are becoming way more rebellious than they were the generation and generation and the generation before them. We know this as generation goes by. Kids are becoming more rebellious. You see on social media about Every day you can easily look it up about a kid questioning a teacher's authority, uh, now even getting into fights with teachers. What's to say if a kid happens to bad talk a teacher so much or even try to get into a fight with him that a teacher might not pull the gun out? See, now this is where we get into the downfall or at least the opposite side of this coin. Yes, it's good for that um, a teacher or a staff member, whoever it is, to have a gun on them because We've seen the school shootings happen. 
uh, year in and year in. That's going to be a yearly case over here in America. That's what it is. But we've also seen on the other side of that coin, as I said, students getting conversation with the teachers, fighting them and all that type of stuff. We haven't seen a teacher pull a gun out or anything of that nature and basically threaten a kid. Now, with this new optic, the new gun, or at least this new procedure being put into play, we can see that happening here. And this is going to set a whole new precedent for something. Because if that teacher happens to snap off on that kid, that's going to cost the teacher their job. And if that happens, then they might go and want to shoot the school. Or at worst, literally, not even get to that moment, they shoot that kid at that site because they feel that their life was in danger. See, now this is where we get into the big spectrum of the deal, and this is where we get into the back-and-forth conversation of, do you want the school to have a gun? Do you want the teacher in that building to have a gun with them? Or do you just want to leave it with police officers at that building to have the gun? Now, this is where we get into that conversation here. Um, For me, personally, I don't know how to feel about this because I feel that certain teachers need to have guns inside the schoolhouse. I personally do. Keep it locked away and all that type of stuff so that the kids, first and foremost, cannot get into it. And if you're in a middle school, high school stuff, especially them, because you're going to have one stupid kid trying to run up to your stuff because they know that a teacher has to have a gun in the classroom. Going to try to find it, going to try to just take it and be a complete, and I mean a complete dummy with it. So that's one thing right there. But also, as we have seen from previous years, and especially with the elementary school kids getting killed, you see someone running up into the school, try to get a gun, try to shoot up. A teacher could easily just pull the gun out, run over to the thing, grab it, start shooting, at least have some type of expertise with it and do what they got to do and make sure that themselves and their kids that they are teaching, that they are responsible for, stay safe. I have no problem with a teacher having a gun in class. But again, I think that there's probably going to be some checks and balances into this, meaning make sure that teacher has a teacher evaluation, mentally evaluation. Make sure they're all good in the head. Give them different scenarios about what if a kid does this, what are you going to do? What if a kid does that? And even put them through some experimental tests. Don't ever warn them. Just do it. And that will tell you how they will react or how they are going to react if a scenario does pop off of a kid just being mouthy. I'm not saying do one where a kid pops up with a gun and then do that. No, I'm talking about just have a kid just be mouthy and just do that for the class and in room on a random day and just test the waters there to see what's going to happen. Because that will let you know if teachers should have guns in the classroom. You know what I'm saying? Um, But again... I'm not mad at the teachers or the school right here having teachers with guns. I just think that this is going to open up a real big door for public schools to have that situation go down. But even if then that happens, I still think the procedures still need to be put in place that you have to give them a mental evaluation to see if they're safe to handle a gun, all that. And also, all the teachers do need to be uh, registered to carry a gun and also they need to know how to be not how to be god how to shoot a gun how to care properly care for a gun all that type of stuff so god forbid if a tr- intruder does walk into your uh establishment the schoolhouse they can handle business so 
right here with this Iowa private school. I'm not mad at the idea, but I hope that they did put some things in play for who the teachers are. Have they gotten any type of uh, training, shooting the guns, and have they had any physical, physical also, yes, but mental uh, testing done for themselves to see if they're able to handle a gun. That's just my uh, feeling on this. Next up, an update for everybody here. If you have a Ring camera, this comes from the Washington Post as a state's Ring camera app won't share footage with law enforcement anymore. The Ring camera video doorbell company will no longer facilitate law enforcement requests for users' footage. The company said Wednesday shutting down a tool that critics have said threatened people's privacy. The company had partnered with hundreds of law enforcement agencies across the country in recent years, allowing them to request and download footage directly from users through private messages. Ring and law enforcement officials said the effort enhanced public safety in 2021. Following mounting criticism against the feature, the company made law enforcement requests public on its neighbor's app through the request for assisted tool. Now Ring is curtaining those partnerships. The tool will be inactive this week, the Amazon-owned company said. Now they would say public safety agencies like fire and police departments can still use the neighbor's app to share helpful safety tips, updates, and community events. Um, the head of Ring's neighbor's app said in a company blog post, which adds that the agencies will no longer be able to use the app's request for assistant tool. Posts made by law enforcement agencies may still include requests for footage, but users would need to share that footage directly with departments. Rain did not immediately address questions about what led to the change. So my understanding of this information or this announcement is that Instead of police officers going directly to ring the way they were able to do years prior, they now have to get in contact with a person that owns said ring equipment and get the footage from them or at least ask permission from them to use that footage for any type of investigation or anything that they're looking into. That's my understanding of this announcement. Um, I have no beef with that because you know what? Sometimes people forget that they have a ring camera around their home and they just do about their daily day like activity business and sometimes you just might be walking around talking to a friend say something out of left field and next thing you know it's on camera it's on footage police have that footage and if something happens to somebody they're going to immediately go to you and okay for example all right you're outside, you're on the phone with someone, you're talking about how bad you hate your boss, this and that, yada, yada, yada. Weeks later, your boss happens to die. Now they're going to go directly to you because they taught, saw, heard, and saw on your ring camera that you talked about bad about your boss. And now you're a prime suspect just because of your footage that they were able to see off your ring camera. Now, again, that's just an example. I'm not certain how many people have had that happen to them or not, but that's the possibility that is able to, well, that was able to go to them because they had access to the footage because they were just able to go to ring law enforcement. But now they got to go to you. They got to go to you specifically, request the footage, and you can deny them from ever getting that footage. That's all up to you now because that is your footage because you uh, bought the ring camera and bought the features for it.
Now, again, I'm not mad at it. I'm cool with that because guess what? It should be up to you. It's up to you if you want to share that footage with them or not share that footage with them. And everything you say and or do while being recorded by your ring camera should not be held against you. We all have our moments. We're all human. So, again, anything that said or do on a ring camera should not be held against you. So, I'm glad that the police has to go to you now instead of just going directly to ring. So, that's an update for anybody that has a ring camera. At least, now you know that. Now, it's time to move over to some updates. First update I want to talk about is Alec Baldwin and the new case that he has against him. Um, SAG-AFTRA, they are standing behind Alec Baldwin. They would put out a statement Thursday, and this comes from people. The statement would go like this. To the extent that the charges filed on January 19th are based on an accusation of neglect use of a firearm predicated on this or any actor having a duty to inspect a firearm as part of its use, that is an incorrect assessment of the actual duties of an actor on set. The union began in a statement released Thursday. An actor's job is not to be a firearms or weapons expert. Firearms are provided for use on set under the guidance of multiple expert professionals directly responsible for the safe and accurate operation of that firearm. So it seems that they, again, putting all this on the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, they're all putting this onto her, which again, I think it should be because that's an armorer's job. An armorer is supposed to look after the weapons or any weapon that's on set to make sure one, everything's empty. There is no live bullet in the chamber or around said gun. So again, I've always said this and I've said this when this thing I brought up, Ali Baldwin being charged with something. I don't see how that could happen. I understand it's the criminal way and method that we got to charge him with this because he was the guy technically holding the gun that went off that killed Helena Hutchins. Um, but again, I don't see how that's the, I don't see how you could put this on him for this. Again, this is not him, but I'll continue on here. Uh, the family for Helena Hutchins did respond to SAG after they would say that the notion that an actor is not responsible if that actor holds a gun, points it at someone on a movie set, and discharges the weapon, flies in the face of common sense and the law. So there you have it there. The family is not happy that SAG after are technically backing Alec Baldwin. I don't like the whole deal. I don't like it all. I hope that they are able to figure something out here. Again, Alec Baldwin, if you're going to give him some, give him some community service. He should not be hit with any type of uh, legit criminal charges if that's what you want to do with this, but we'll wait and see what happens there. And as I said before, I still think that the person's job and the person that's more held responsible in my eyes is the armorer, but we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, but still, recipes to Helena Hutchins. I hope the family's uh, trying to recoup from this travesty. And also, I don't know when that Rush movie is supposed to be coming out. I hope that Rush movie gets put on the shelf or gets terminated. I don't even understand how they were still even able to make the rest of that film after this uh, tragedy happened. This literally should have been a movie that got shut down immediately after the fact. But, hey man, whatever they do, um, just know. I don't think a lot of people are going to back it, but we'll see. Next update I do want to talk to you guys about is the Brick Lady, or by her legal name, Rhonda Osmond, she turned herself in Tuesday. Um, she surrendered herself. She's now reportedly free on $10,000 bond. 
and her arraignment has been scheduled for March 5th. She had to surrender her passport under conditions of the bond. So we have that here. I'm glad that she did turn herself in. And hopefully we get some type of something, dude. Again, if she really did thieve people out and make up this whole situation, as the police did say that nobody did hit her with a brick. She did hit the person first. The person did uh, have some type of water bottle in his hand and possibly hit her back. Again, dog, something needs to be brought about. I want to know how on God's green she had that big old knot on her face. I still do. It's not a brick because, and also, by the way, I still want to see the video. I'm not off there yet because they said they got video of all this stuff going down. They need to release the video. I'm tired of waiting for court. We get video of everything else before court happens. Show us video of this situation going down so everyone can see what happened. That's all I care about. But getting back to this, I don't know what type of water bottle man held. I don't know what type of force he used, but I want to know what caused that big old knot on the side of her face that she had a year ago. But I'm glad she did turn herself in. Hopefully we're one step closer to really finding out what happened and uh, what caused that big old knot on the side of her face, though. That's all I personally do care about. Everything else is for the birds. She probably scammed people out. She probably didn't. Whatever. We'll find out on court. And speaking of court, this is a court case that has been filed. Uh, a family of a deacon, Johnny Holman, has filed a $17 million lawsuit, civil lawsuit, against the city of Atlanta. This is because deacon Johnny Holman, he... Uh, he died and was killed by police following a minor traffic accident on August 10th. It's been 167 days since Deacon Johnny Holman was headed home from Bible study when the traffic accident occurred. He called 911 for help and Officer Karen Kimbrough responded to the call. When Kimbrough attempted to give Holman a ticket for the infraction, the Deacon refused to sign it and asked for a supervisor. But instead of waiting for backup, Kimbrough tased Holman and forcefully threw him on the ground, attempting an arrest. Eric Robinson, a driver for City Contracted S&W Towing, arrived at the scene and decided to help comb Kimbrough, restrain Holman by kneeing on his neck. Hillman's distress is evident in the body cam footage as he pleads, I can't breathe, at least 13 times just a few hours later. Holman died at the hospital. The Fulton County Medical Examiner ruled Holman's death a homicide, and the report confirmed the cause of death as cardiac uh, dysrhythmia, triggered by taser shock, so I think basically heart attack. The autopsy also revealed other disturbing injuries, including cuts to his tongue, abrasions, bruising, and wounds across his body. After an internal investigation, Kimbrough was fired for breach of patrol or protocol, excuse me, but was not charged in the case. The tow driver, Eric Robinson, has not been charged either. So that's the reason why this civil lawsuit has been placed up, because you have two people here that have not faced any type of arrest. Now, there is a video roaming around on social media. I haven't looked at it on Twitter and you see the officer putting uh, the taser and tasing Holman. And it's just, it's horrific. Cause you hear the man saying his asthma acting up when the officer says, 
put your hands behind your back. He says, my asthma is acting up bad. And as he's getting taser, you hear the officer continue to say, put your hands behind your back. And he says, my asthma is acting up real bad. And now when the officer gets tired of tasing him, he goes over and says, you know, screw this. Uh, he just tries to forcefully put his hand behind homeboy's back. He couldn't do it. And he says, I can't breathe. You hear it multiple times in the videos. He says, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And this just reminds me of the whole George Floyd situation of someone saying that they cannot breathe. When the hell is officers going to understand if somebody says they can't breathe, especially when they're older gentlemen, you need to believe them. They ain't trying to run away. They're old. They can't do that. You need to assist them in saying, okay, let me get off of you since you can't breathe. And also, you shouldn't have been on them in the first place because they asked for a superintendent. You should have just waited. Now, what makes this worse as a black individual, and I have to use race in this because black people, we always uh, hate officers and we hate white officers a lot because we know the power dynamic, black and white, we get it. This was a black on black situation. The officer was a black guy. He was a black 23-year-old guy. I don't know what is going on with I'm going to put it like this. I would love to talk to a black officer, and I would really like to understand the dynamics for his choosing to be an officer. Why did you choose to be an officer? Because you know what our people think about officers. What did his mother and father think? What do his people think about him being an officer? Does he still get looks from black people for being an officer? I would love to know that. I really would. I would like to know uh, what Hispanic people think about a person in their family becoming a police officer. What do they think about that, especially with the crap that they have to go through here? People from the Middle East, people that are Israeli, Pakistani, that are police officers over here. I would like to know what their families think of them as well, because we don't have, if you're a minority, you don't have the best relationship with officers in this country. And for you to decide to be an officer is always mind-boggling to me. So I would love to ask a black officer or any officer that's a minority, why did you choose to be a police officer? What did your family think about it? But getting back to this case here, uh, the city of Atlanta, they got a $17 million civil lawsuit on their hands. I hope that they, I hope that the family gets justice for this. And I hope that the officer and the man that towed or that was there to tow gets put in jail and actually get some charges be placed on them because this isn't right. None of this is right. What I just read wasn't right to you guys. So hopefully we'll get more information about that coming out this week. That's what I'm hoping for. And on to the last update that I do have for you here. If you guys did see that viral video that went around this past week of a mother with her son in Walmart, the son was in uh, Pampers. There was a Walmart worker confronting the woman and law story less long. Uh, the mother, she happened to be arrested in Mississippi. Um, the mother's son happened to be taken by uh, Child Protection Services, and they were released to a relative. So her kids, with a plural S, she had more than just the boy, he had two other siblings. So all of her kids got taken away from her, and now they're at a relative. The woman is facing six years in jail if she's convicted for neglecting her child. Uh, the woman claims she did nothing wrong. She would even compare herself to Jesus. They did Jesus the same way. He felt sick to his stomach as well. He didn't want to go through it. My village ain't going to play about my three and neither do I. Again, I can't say everything. It's a legal matter, but my kids are not a charity case. They are not neglected. I am not mentally ill. Stop with the defamation. Uh, okay, so we have that. And the woman that 
try to protect the child and film the encounter in the Walmart, who happened to be a Walmart employee. She has been fired by Walmart. So that's all the information that we do have from that situation as well. Um, when I saw that video, I was like, why is a mother in there with her son that has no clothes on except for a diaper? It makes no uh, sense to me. Certain people don't need to have kids. I'll just make that perfectly clear. And if her, for her to say her kids are not a charity case, then you explain to me, why was your kid only having pampers on? Why didn't you have clothes on your kids? It makes no sense. If you don't have clothes for your kids or if all her kids' clothes are dirty, guess what you do? You keep them home or you bring them over to a relative's home tell them to watch the kids while you go out and take care of some errands and hopefully the relative will give your kids some clothing something along those lines but hey man we'll have to wait and see what happens there hopefully the woman that recorded this will get her job get another job somewhere because i think she was just doing something that a lot of people in america don't do now or at least we don't do as much as being recorded. We don't try to help people out when they're in a situation. When you see a kid that is in a freezing place because they said that the uh, temperatures were below 20 degrees Fahrenheit in that area right where the baby, right where the uh, mother and her son were in the Walmart area, how do you not give this kid something? How do you not give him something to put on? Because in the video, you see him, I think he's like wearing like some type of trash bag on him. And you see the boy shivering. People say it was a jacket. Either way, somebody had to put him something on him. But you still see the boy shivering inside the cart. It's a horrible look. It's like the video that you see whenever they always do around Christmas time. Or like on an early Sunday morning when they want you to, like, to uh, give money to a pet foundation. Where you see the pets outside shivering in the snow. The boy was shivering in the cart, dog, bad. And the woman, she happened to record and just try to do something for the kid and also chastise the mom. And again, she got fired. Hopefully she gets another job. But I think a lot of people do need to help out other people, especially whenever they're doing wrong. And sometimes calling police and calling CPS is the way to go because you don't know what type of condition that boy was in even at his home. So we'll have to wait and see what happens more uh, with that court case as well. Is there anything else I want to talk about? I'll probably talk about the Taylor Swift uh, AI stuff on my midweek episode because I got a couple uh, thoughts about that, but I'm almost up on my time and I think I'm going to take some time on that one. So yeah, I think that's it. So with that being said, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. Before I do so, it's time for me to peddle some uh, episodes out there to everyone. If you did not listen to my midweek episode, it is available to you right now. It's me talking about the government, how I feel that it's a joke. Because Donald Trump is still able to run for presidency, which I'm not mad at Donald Trump. I'm mad at the government. You can listen to that on my midweek episode. It's out right now. And as I said, I talk about professional wrestling. I listen to professional wrestling. I talk about it. Um, so my midweek episode, not midweek, God, Wrestling Highlights of the Week episode, it's out. Uh, it dropped yesterday. It's available to you right now, as well as the Royal Rumble review, which happened last night by the time you're listening to this. So that episode's out as well. So you can go and listen to those two episodes. And I think that's it. Now, with the self-promotion out of the way, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I would like to thank all the podcast sites that has me on their uh, streaming services, whether they're Apple, Podbeam, uh, Google, Amazon, Spotify, uh, 
all the other podcast sites because without them i wouldn't be able to get this podcast out to you guys the listeners the downloaders i appreciate them and i also appreciate you guys the downloaders and listeners because i'm able to see who downloads and uh, who listens to this every day every week and i appreciate every single one of you because without you guys i'll just be one guy talking into a mic into a black void and uh i appreciate every single one of you just taking a little bit of time out of your day just to listen to me so i appreciate you guys now with that all being said always remember i love you 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 i love you, I love you. that is not a gimmick that is me being honest as best as i can be i do love every single one of you guys i appreciate every single one of you guys um always know that there is the national suicide hotline number in the episode descriptions i want you guys to call that number if you're feeling down you feel like you want to give up please call that number so you can speak to someone before you do give it all up because there is somebody out here in this world that will miss you when you're gone so please call that number give it a shot before you do anything that could change not just your life but anybody that loves you as well now with all that being said this has been my two cents podcast presented by and hosted by g2 i am g2 he is i and i am him this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and again i want everybody to have a great day have a great week you hear from me whenever you hear from me later this week now with that being said kanye could you please take these people home i'm tired you tired jesus wept